If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Dale Lippin in here with none other than my partner in crime himself, TVB, Trey Van Buskirk, the people's champ, uh, the, the flat bill monster, San Diego's newest black belt, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, I love that we're here together. My energy is back. My voice is back. The people deserve and they are ready and waiting for another version of Audio Velvet and Audio Corduroy. Let's get after it, man. How are you? You know what didn't show up though? What's that? Your hair. I know, I know, I know. Uh, so yeah, for most of my life, my head has been shaved. Um, let's see here. I think I had. I mean, I had a couple teenage angst spots where I, you know, had my hair out or maybe grew it, like put it in, like in a different color, all kinds of weird stuff, you know, because I was listening to a lot of Limp Biscuit at the time, I believe. And uh, right. we, we grew out of that, and I just started shaving it. And my entire time in the military, I kept my head shaved. Um, afterwards, you know, law enforcement, the whole nine, I always kept my hair short, always. It wasn't until recently that I was like, nah, let me try growing it out a little bit, you know. And that's fun and exciting and everything. But that uh, the other day when that guy called me a bigot, it just – I was just like, man, I might, I might as well look the part. If I sound the part, I might as well look the part. Uh, and I just went back to where it all came from, man. So I just, I shaved my head again. So, and I'm going to drink beer and I'm going to wear an American flag title boxing tee because that's, that's what I feel like doing. It's my shell. Do whatever I want. Jesus Christ. I am so intimidated right now. Nah, when you man. first popped on, dude, I was like, you got these like Walter White freaking vibes coming. And I was like, damn, dude. Um, I thought this was a betting podcast. Um, I, I didn't know we were trying to find the old meth. <laughs> Look at you. What a savage. I love this energy, dude. You know, dude, I'm, I'm telling honest, you, I feel I haven't seen you for two weeks, really, dude. You've been a you've been a ghost. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you left me to do a show by myself. And then here yep. you come with a shaved head, a boxing shirt. You got your tattoos going, you're crushing beers on your head. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest, dude. I like this vibe. I might pop my shirt off right now. You do what you need to do. Okay. Uh, we haven't had a shirtless dude on the show since Dober's been on, but he said he's going to be getting a book in a fight soon. So hopefully we'll have him back on and you guys can figure out what you want to do from there. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> I still have a little bit of a cough. It has yet to go away. I've got some sort of respiratory infection. Um, I, I just can't seem to shake it. My immune system is doing what it naturally needs to do. A little bit of zinc, a little bit of vitamin D, some rest, water, beer, It'll cure itself. I'm not worried about it. I'm not doing antibiotics or anything like that because I don't need them. Um, but yeah, two weeks ago, um, a lot happened. <coughs> Man, got a little little bubbly in there. Two weeks ago, uh, my grandmother passed, and as the matriarch of our family, that was a that was a pretty big deal for us. Um, so that was that was a that was an unfortunate situation. It was sudden. It was not expected. Um, and we just weren't ready for that. So I needed the week. Uh, and then that was followed up by 
my brother coming down and visiting, which that was already on the books to begin with. Uh, and we thought better, you know, no better time, if you will, than to have some family interjected because we are pretty much by ourselves, my side of the family anyway. My wife's family's all down here, but my family's up north. So I was like, I need somebody to come down because I was feeling pretty, uh, pretty in the dumps. So him and his wife and kids came down. They were down for the week, which you're aware of. And I was still kind of sick, still had a cough, but they were here, which was great. But they left. So my house is now my own again. My office is now my own again. My body feels like it's my own again. My voice is my own. My beer is my own. Just, I'm just happy to be back. I didn't go anywhere, but it felt like you said, it felt like I was gone for weeks. Yeah, for sure. And <clears throat> with not having you by my side, I've made a lot of mistakes, dude. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. It happens. I mean, what what's something that you've had go on that you wish I was there for? Well, I think, and this is something, you know, the listeners might, uh, they might understand. Um, okay. But I've gotten into that mode right now where I've just become a little bit of a bitch. Um, mm, mm. I, I've become so overtly confident in my bets mm. that I mm-hmm. fade myself in the midnight hour and mm. it ends up hitting. It's not just happened once. It's not happened twice. It's now happened three times in the course of eight days. Dale, Ooh. what do I do? Yeah. So, I mean, there there is a part of betting. And I think any DGen out there uh, or a novice better will get to the point where when you hit a cold streak um, – you, you know, you obviously go to the whole fade myself thing. One of the worst things that can happen though, is the false sense of confidence where you become so confident that you feel like something's wrong. And then you start betting the opposite way as you are aware. And this isn't about me. This is your situation here, but that's one of the things that's been plaguing me this entire season, this entire second season of our show. I've been so hyper-focused on, the idea of selling the fight more so than just going with what I think is going to happen. And in the first, the first season of the show, we just went, didn't matter. We just let it rip, man, just grip, just grip and rip. And we crushed it. This year has had had a little bit more of a mixed result because of exactly that. I go in hyper-confident or in this instance, you go in hyper-confident and then we switch it the last second. You'll hear us say stuff on the show, like take, I don't know, take Figueredo by submission at a, at a prop. And then when our slip comes out, there's no figgy by submission. No, no, figgy. you know, it's, there, there's no, it's just, we, we say one thing, we do another. I know exactly where you're at. I've been there. I still, I live that. I live that right now. I'm in it. So I don't know what you do, buddy, to be to um, a thousand words where two would do. I don't know what you do. Yeah, I know. I think what I got to do is just this episode tonight, We've already brought the energy. I'm going to continue on that energy. I know there's mm. a shit ton of fights on this card, but you know what? Let's let's grip and rip, dude. Let's grip, okay. let's grip and rip. Real quick, I have to ask you because I'm going to be honest with you. I um, September did not start out hot for me. Okay. Are you doing the carnivore thing? Uh, no. I okay. uh, another thing I bitched out on. Dude, my whole life is in shambles right now, dude. I don't Do we want to like reset the clock for October? Yes. Well, that's going to be tough though because I love candy and we've got Halloween in October. Right. Well, we can say like start September 29th or something like that. Sounds fair. So Sounds like fair. Halloween is like the, the 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 meat break of the fast or whatever you want to call it. Okay. Yeah, I'm into it. Okay. Yeah. Got to buy, right. buy the food now then, right? Right. So that's what I'm saying. So to give us time now, we can go to stayclassymeats.com. We can use promo code FIST uh, and we can save 10% on the entire thing. 
Um, yeah. So that that's good because I I honestly because I committed to it on the show I felt bad that I wasn't doing it with you, uh, but I also again weird family thing stricken with an ailment I'm like I just I don't feel like eat, eating steak I have uh, subsequently I have about seven ribeye steaks individually packaged frozen in my freezer because I was ready to go, um, but I just. You know, I'm going to go ahead and order from Stay Classy. Uh, I'll probably, if you order on Mondays, uh, it gets there by Thursday. If you order on Thursdays, it gets there by the following Monday. So, um, yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Like I said, I, I don't want to, you know, paint this doom and gloom uh, picture. Your boy's doing okay, but he's definitely <laughs> falling off the wagon. Can we, uh, can I pause this for a split second? <laughs> yeah. Norm, normally we don't do a lot of stuff in the chat, but it's just, is this guy, is this the actual Josh Koscheck in the chat, or is this a guy pretending to be Josh Koscheck? Because either way, it's hilarious. If you guys want to do a fighter interview, hit up Josh Koscheck. This okay. is hit me up, Twitter at Josh Koscheck. Yeah. All right. All is right. it him? I don't know, man. If it is, it's great because uh, I'm a big Josh Koscheck fan because, as you know, he wrestled in Pennsylvania, uh, and I love me some, I love me some PA wrestlers. So, love uh, it. Big, big cost check fan uh, as well. And I, anyway, we're not going to get off topic. You were saying about allegiance. Good, man. I'm sorry. Well, no, got, I mean, he got me just, flustered now because I'm got not me flustered. He has great blonde curly hair, which you don't have hair anymore. So, so now I want this guy on to equal out the hair. It's true. Um, no, what I was saying is I fell off the wagon a little bit, um, you know, got my black belt and then I kind of just have him worked out right. and started, you know, boozing a little bit. And I'm going to be honest, my allegiance clothing t-shirts are fitting a little bit snug your boy wears a large might have to go extra large until we kind of you know reel it back we gotta reel it back so i might go on allegiancegoldie.com i might type in our coach punch get me some 15 percent off site-wide get some xls just for the interim and then i'll come back to large feel good about myself and rock flag and eagle i love it i love it um yeah man so all right let's talk about this real quick because it's been mentioned several times you you have made great You've gone into great detail uh, throughout the course of our programming to let people know that you are a Raiders fan. We did have a, a pretty electric game the other night. You just want to briefly, and this is an MMA show where I'm not going to let you go off on a tangent here. You want to talk about your Raiders for a split second? No, no. Okay. I mean, I don't really have much to say except for that was another overtly confident bet I had to take plus money on the Raiders, just straight money line. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, and it, it, it banked. It banked essentially twice. We won that game twice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it. outstanding. All right, so let's break down some fights. We have a massive card. I, I'm a big fan of Anthony Smith. Um, Ryan Spann seems to be, you know, on the up and up. I definitely don't necessarily. It's one of those cards where I don't know if this is a true main event. I understand they're booked in the main event spot, but this is kind of seems like we got to we have a bunch of people that we need to stay busy. And we've talked about the dilution of the product by having events every weekend. We have a massive card a massive slate because we have a bunch of fighters that want to get paid. They want to stay busy. The UFC has obliged them. And as such, we've got a little bit of a, um, it's like a bag of Skittles. Really. It's a little bit of everything in this, this card. We got some, got some big boys. We got some little girls. We got some little guys. We got some big guys. I mean, we, we got all kinds of stuff in here, man. Um, so we'll try to break down the ebb and flow, but we'll start with the main card and we'll work our way back to the prelims as we always do. Shout out to MMA heads in the chat. Just says breaking news, Brandon Moreno versus Davidson Figueredo three. Book for UFC 269 on December 11th. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Um, I don't. I, don't I 
I'll say this. I'm going to say this one point, and then we're going to keep it moving. I don't think that you should have to beat the champ twice to become a champion. I hate that yeah. the UFC does this. It bogs right. down the division. It slows everything down. Stop doing that. You don't have to beat a champ twice to be the champion. The only champ, not the only, but one of the only champs, if you're looking for a prime example that should have deserved a rematch, is Jose Aldo when Connor beat him. That's it. If you rule over the division for seven-plus years and run a rough shot over everybody and you get beaten, especially in something like 13 seconds and a knockout, you deserve a rematch. That's it. Outside of that, if you don't defend the title at least three or four times and hold, hold the belt for a year plus, you do not deserve an immediate rematch by getting beat. Zhang Weili versus Rose Namajunas. Zhang Weili should not be getting the next title shot. Rose beat her fair and square. Went out there and kicked her to sleep. That's it. Yep. It's over that. Yep. I, I hate that, man. I hate that they do that. Although it's going to be a great fight. I think Davison's probably going to beat him. All right, ready? <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> main card. First, kicking off the main card, Joaquin Buckley taking on Antonio Ahoyo. Ahoyo at 9-4. and four. Uh, Joaquin Buckley is at 12-4 and four <clears throat> for this one, Trey. Ahoyo's at plus 170. Buckley is at a minus 200. Overrunner and rounds is at 1.5 here. I've been out for a little bit. You've got your reps up. I've been talking a lot. You go first here, my man. Yeah, this this one's tricky. I don't like that the card's starting this way. Um, the reason is I, I feel a little karma with this fight here. Okay. Obviously, Alessio DeChirico knocked freaking Joaquin Buckley's head off his shoulders. Mm. You know, and then obviously Joaquin Buckley took Inkba Kasagnaga's freaking head to the bleachers. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of, you know, kicking head up to the bleachers, and I don't like it. I don't like the way that Buckley actually fights. He's mm. not someone that has good distance control. He's not someone that can utilize an outside jab. He's one that kind of hangs out for a second and then explodes forward. So if you can find the rhythm and timing within that kind of waiting moment, you can capitalize, a.k.a. Alicio. Mm-hmm. Hoyo, on the other hand, he's got jiu-jitsu. We know that. But the funny thing is, dude, for having jiu-jitsu, you have to have a foundation of wrestling, which he does not have. He does not have wrestling. It's a massive void in his game. Now, Joaquin is actually – saw that and what he's doing i i love fighters of this they see the void they enact a game plan and then they go that's what he did he went to a wrestling camp and he while he's not a notorious wrestler honed in his wrestling skills he's going to exploit those i think he's going to be the more sophisticated person on the feet so if he can negate the jiu-jitsu wrestle heavy pick him apart on the feet i like joaquin in this fight but you know who knows interesting my thing so here's my thing with joaquin buckley right is that He's got a couple losses on his record, right? We see that he's lost four times. He's never been subbed before. He's either getting beat by decision or he's getting knocked out. He's never been submitted. And if I'm looking at Antonio Ohio, one thing pops into my head. And admittedly, I'm going to have to go back and listen to old episodes. I can't remember whether or not I put him on my no bet list because his cardio is suspect. And that's what I have a hard time with is he goes all in on his submission attempts, and as such, drains himself rather quickly if he cannot get them. If you look at what he does, though, what he approach, if we're matching these guys up, uh, you know, if this is the face-off right here, he's coming into the fight with a four-inch reach advantage um, or a four-inch height advantage, but he will have a three-inch reach disadvantage. We've got a southpaw versus orthodox situation here. Uh, my thing is with a Hoyo despite having bad cardio and despite being a jits guy, he lands his significant strikes consistently more accurate than Joaquin Buckley does. He lands significant strikes tray at nearly an 80% accuracy clip. And he's also averaging almost two takedowns per fight. He's going to present problems for Joaquin Buckley. Joaquin Buckley, when he gets beat, 
we've already seen. He either gets knocked out or he gets outworked. If he's not going to, if he can't, if he can stop Ahoyo from outworking him, he has a better chance of winning this. But Ahoyo is going to present more problems for Buckley than Buckley is for Ahoyo. Buckley's cardio is going to win this fight for him and his ability to stop takedowns. Ahoyo lands a better percentage, has better takedowns, has better jujitsu, literally has all of the tools to win a fight in his toolbox, and he has them better than Joaquin Buckley does, but he lacks the gas in the car to get it moving, right? You have a pickup truck that can do anything you need it to do, but you can't. there's no gas to get it moving. That's the thing. We've got about a round, maybe seven and a half minutes if we're a Hoyo. If you're on a Hoyo here, take the under one and a half. I think he gets it done under and a half. If you like Buckley, take him the over. He'll survive round one. He'll push him into two, and then he'll knock him out in the later rounds, or he'll right. he'll win a unanimous decision. Um, if Ahoyo doesn't get a finish, and Buckley for some reason doesn't come in super aggressive and get a knockout, this fight will be sloppy. I think we see sloppy takedowns. I think we see sloppy striking. Um, it's it's finish or bust if you're Antonio Ahoyo. So take him however you can get him if you think he's going to win. Plus money by submission or under one and a half. Dog that will fight for your money, I don't necessarily know, but dog that will go for a finish, I think so. <laughs> that was a good rhyme. And I just remembered, I can't I can't bet on Joaquin anyways. I'm going to take the Ahoyo uh, under one and a half because okay. Joaquin was talking a lot of shit on my boy James Krause, and I, I'm I'm not about that. I'm just I'm not You're not about that James Krause life? Okay. I, I send it back. You send it back. All right, man. Next one, Nate Maness at 13-1, and one, taking on Tony Gravely. Gravely is at 21-6. and six. Nate Maness is at 13-1. and one. Odds on this one, Trey, I'm going to be honest. If we're talking about respect versus disrespect, this is the first line that we're going to talk about tonight that's a little bit disrespectful. There's a couple of them. This mm-hmm. is one of them. Gravely's at a minus 210. Maness is at a plus 180. Why do you think that Vegas has this line the way that they do? I have no idea. And to be honest, this is the first time I've seen this line. If anything, I thought Nate Maness was going to be, or Tony Gravely was going to be the plus money. Mm. Um, I say that I, I love, I actually, I really like Tony Gravely. I think he's really strong. He's got an insane counter, right? Mm. He can wear you up in the cage. He'll pummel you. He'll start to win exchanges. He's going to have more volume. Um, but the problem is with the more volume he has, it's expensive as cardio tank, which we've seen time and time again, as cardio tank drop. Nate Maness, he looks solid in the Luke Sanders fight, earned him performance of night, performance of the night bonus. He's got a good take takedown uh, defense, and he's got a good cardio tank. So I think if you're going to play this, you're going to play Tony with that that right and that power in the first round, round and a half, and you're going to play Nate Maness in the later rounds, even to decision. Nate should be able to weather the storm of Tony, and I actually, what I like, my little sprinkle on top of that plus money, being that it is plus money, is going to be a sub. Tony Gravely is is very subject to submissions. Mm. Nate Maness has that in his arsenal. I can see that as a play, but to be safe, I like the plus money at plus 180 on Nate Maness. See, I like what you said there, but I like the I kind of like the inverse of it, if I'm being mm-hmm. honest. Um, I like Grav or Gravely, Gravely, however you want to say his name. I like him more as the fight goes on than I like Nate Maness. I think Nate Maness probably has a little bit more dog in him, but if you look at a guy like Gravely, he averages six takedowns a fight. So he's coming in there ready to put his ready with, with the lunchbox, puts the gloves on, 
workmanlike performance each and every time he goes in. And to do so, um, you take fights into the latter half. Vegas knows this. Obviously, we're seeing a two and a half line here. Um, but if if I'm on Gravely, I'm on him in the later rounds. Whereas Maness, I think the sub comes early if he can get it. I think that Maness by sub is a decent play. I, I, I won't. I can't argue that. Um, dog with dog with fight in him. Nate Maness is a guy with a dog with a dog with fight. Well, you're talking about a guy that's 13 and one. Um, he's going to come in. He's going to be the physically bigger, if not the physically stronger guy. Um, he needs to have the output, though, to make Gravely respect him and to sort of push back against those takedowns, push back against that aggression, make Gravely take a step back. And if he can freeze him, he can stop him, right? He's got he's to give him something to think about. He's got to make Gra- Gravely work mentally as much as he is physically, and I think he can get it done. I like Maness in the sense that I think he's a gamer. I think he's a dog. I think he won't give up on the fight. Even if Gravely takes us and it's a typical Tony Gravely fight where he wants to push it to the latter rounds and wrestle death, I think Maness goes down swinging on his back if need be. So for that, and we always talk about this on the show, a dog that will fight for your money, Nate Maness plus 180 gets my money on Saturday night because of the effort he'll put forward. Um on Saturday. I'm just going to go ahead and call it now. I'm going to go Nate Maness just off of effort because uh, I think he's going to fight. He's going to put himself in a position to win the fight. I love it. I'm okay. into it. Let's All do right. it. All right. Next fight on the card Christos Yagos taking on Armand Sarukian. Sarukian at 16 and 2. Christos Yagos at 19 and 8 here, Trey. We spoke about this fight earlier today. Differing opinions. Biggest favorite on the card. Armand Sarukian at a minus, I've seen him some places, minus 800, minus 850 here. Christos Yagos plus 600. Tell me why on earth you don't take Christos Yagos at plus 600 here. You have to. You have to. <laughs> I'll tell you why you don't, dude. It's very simple. There's a couple things that if you're a first-time listener to the show that we do not fade ever. One is Caucus Mountain Warriors. Mm-hmm. We've also learned that women go to dogs is science. Mm-hmm. Women the third science. piece is a chain wrestler that has a neck beard. Never fade it. Mm. Never fade it. Armin's got a neck beard. It's gorgeous. It's it's well conditioned. Uh. I mean, it's legit. Okay. Guy goes on the other hand. If you're gonna play him, I don't understand how you could look at his last ten fights. His last ten fights, eight of them have come to decision. His yep. last was a, a win was uh, is uh, over Sean Soranon over the Bria Dars, and then he has one rear naked ch- choke loss to Charles Oliveira way back when. Who are you so, talking about? Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Saruki, and I'm like, well, we're talking no. about different people here. All right, my bad. Go ahead. Sorry. No, so I'm just saying, if you're going to play him, I mean, he's, you have to think this is going to be good. The, the two and a half is set so perfectly because Armin's going to wrestle death, death you. He's going to grind you, keep you up against the cage, and then you're going up against a guy who you can make it case is the decision king. So hmm. this guy, fight is going well over two and a half. Um, I, I just don't think uh, the, the strength that Armin has versus what Christos is able to put out there and quality of competition, I, I think it, it differs. I'm going to Armin for sure. But there's no there's no play with it, though, unless you're going to do Armin by by sub, which he is subject to. I'm not I'm not touching Armin Sarukin here. I'm taking Christos Yagos. And I'm, I'm going to take – not only do I want to take him at plus 600 – I think I think he's a dangerous 600 compared to Armin Sarukian at a minus 800. So at a minus 800, that big of a favorite. Let's just let's let's put MMA aside. 
Let's talk about betting for a second. Let's talk about money management. Okay. Yeah. At a minus 800, Sarukin is not even a parlay piece, right? At this point, he's got to be in a three or four fight parlay to bring his price down to something even remotely palatable. That being said, and we talk about this all the time, the more legs on the parlay, the higher the risk. Why throw him on there as an unnecessary risk to put a very small multiplier on a parlay? You might as well just go with better odds, higher confidence. I would not, if you're, I don't understand anybody's confidence level on Saruki and going into this. If you look at the people that he's fought and you look at the outcomes that he's had, right? He's only has two losses in his career, but look at the people that he's fought, right? If you look at his last three wins, we'll just go with, since the loss to Islam Makachev, his wins, Olivier, Olivier Aubon Mercier, no longer in the UFC, he's in the PFL. Davi Hamos, I believe Hamos is gone Shit. now, but he's but bad cardio. And then Matt Frivola. And what we thought the steamroller was, he is not. Um, mm-hmm. he, he has shown himself to be a farce. So if I look at these individuals, none of them collectively possess the skill or the will or the grit or the might of Christos Yagos. Christos Yagos will be this fight will be akin to a Zabit Magomed Sharapov versus Kyle Bochniak <laughs> style fight. That's what this fight represents. You have a more raw, uncut, unfettered um berserker, if you will, right? A, a walk forward um guy in in Yagos versus the more polished, the slicker, the smoother uh, Armand Sarukian. This will be a a confliction of styles, but also of willpower. And I think Yagos is going to try to make this fight as bloody and ugly and sweaty as he possibly can. And Sarukian has to be ruthlessly efficient in every technique he executes on Saturday night. And if he isn't, Christos Yagos puts himself in a position to win this fight plus 600. I think I, sh- I think I don't see why you don't small sprinkle. You don't even need to take them by finish here. It's plus 600. You're getting great money. 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever, whatever size your sprinkle is. Christos Yagos plus 600. Why not? Why not? Because I'd rather sprinkle Armin round three sub. Then do it. Bring then that do line it. down. Bring it down. Bring it down. All right. Keep it moving. All right. Ariana Lipsky, Mandy Bohm, <laughs> Lipsky at thirteen and seven, Mandy Bohm at seven and zero oh here. Trey uh, Bohm at a plus one hundred six, plus one ten, plus one hundred, depends on where you're at. Lipsky to minus one twenty six over and around to the two and a half. Now, she's hot. Let's just let's just start there. Who Lipsky? Yeah. Yeah, we're just gonna get that out of the way now. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Moving right. on. Now that we've established that, um, <laughs> I'm not necessarily sold on her skills here, right. but we do have a counterpart here that's making her promotional debut. Yes. Uh, promotional debuts, women's underdogs. I know we talk about it. It's science, right? Uh, the German Mandy, the monster Bohm. Uh, she's coming off a decision win over Greet Eckhout and a rear naked choke win over Jade Masson Wong. Um, both of these... Right, like we saw the Greet Eckhout fight that was in Bellator that that, that moved her to six and zero as as a professional. 
as suspect as the skill level is for Ariana Lipsky, and it honestly just depends on what day she's fighting and what version of her shows up. I believe in my heart that she's a lot better than Greet Eckhart is. Um, I don't know how this fight's going to go, man. Like I know we talk about women's underdog being science, but remember we used to say that women's fights were coin flips. This is a coin flip. I, I mean, you can bet this as your at your at your leisure. If I'm looking to make this fight spicy, I'm going to take the queen of violence and I'm going to take her under two and a half. I'm just going to take the fight under two. And, actually, you know what? I'm going to go inside the distance and just hope for a finish in a women's fight. Mm, mm. Here's the thing, Dale. I um, My frustration lies in two things. One, okay. yes, she's attractive. Two, uh, queen of violence. Horrible name. Horrible name. Hmm. Um, she is not the queen of violence. She's the, the queen of getting... Uh, people getting more violent on her. Hmm. We picked Montana De La Rosa to murder her in her last fight. And what happened? It not only just happened, we thought Montana De La Rosa by unanimous decision, that was the play. But what happened? She ends up losing at the end of the second round, getting her head knocked off and ground and pound. Before that, the theme has maintained the same. She gets knocked out pretty much at the exact same time in her Antonio Shevchenko fight in ground and pound. Here's the thing. She has a massive void and everyone knows what it is. If you wrestle Ariana Lipsky, she has she's a fish out of water as it relates to the ground. Mandy Bohm, on the other hand, I don't think that you know we have yet to see where her strengths really are. But I know that the UFC has tried to put her in position to fight other wrestlers because they think she's competent. She's had four fights that have canceled out, two of which were against Talia Santos. So they thought that one, she's going to be dealing with someone that's strong on the feet and also mm. has a wrestling base. I think that Mandy, based on the film that I have seen, is she's got a good tie clinch. She can work some dirty boxing and she has the ability to put someone's butt on the mat. Call me crazy, but someone coming out of Bellator has some foundation of uh, quality of competition. I like it. She's got some rear naked chokes to her name. I'm saying Mandy Bone here by sub. I like your inside the distance, but. The plus money on this, I think it's going to get deeper. I'm going to wait. Let's go. Okay. I will say this. The losses that Lipsky has had inside the UFC, Montana De La Rosa, Antonina Shevchenko, Molly McCann, and JoJo Calderwood. Legit. They're legit losses. Like The, yeah. the, the people that, that have beaten her are good. She's right. not losing to people that she shouldn't lose to, right? Like, I, I list all three of those women, and I think outside of the the Montana De La Rosa fight, I think these are fights that she should have lost. Like, and she did exactly what she was supposed to do. And the fights that she did win, since she's been under the UFC banner, uh, her win over Isabella DePauda and Luana Carolina, she won. Yep. She, she did exactly that. And prior to that, she was in KSW murking chicks. Um, win over veteran Sheila Gaff, Deanna Belbitza, who's now in the UFC, uh, Mariana Marais, and Sylvia Juarez. Uh, neither one of them have graced the octagon yet, but there she was in KSW. That's where she got the name. She was legitimately earning the moniker of the queen of violence, but they brought her over the UFC and I think they gave her too much too soon. Um, I think this is a big, this is a barometer to see how, how good Mandy Bohm is. If Mandy Bohm goes out there and she looks dominant, it says that one, she's of at least the caliber of the women that have beat Ariana Lipsky already. And two, it says that Lipsky probably isn't ever going to, pass any sort of threshold into a, like a top 15 contention style situation. Dale. Yeah. It's, it, it's science. Science. 
She's the underdog. We have to take her. Yeah, you're right. All right, man. Iwan Kutalaba at 15, 6, and 1, taking on Devin Clark at 12 and 5. This is our co-main event of the evening, Trey. Uh, We've been kind of pitter-pattering around here, so let's get at her. Uh, Interesting lines on this one. Devin Clark plus 130. Iwan Kutalaba at a minus 150. Overrunner rounds is at 1.5. For the second time tonight, I'm going to ask you, justify these lines for me. Why is Devin Clark the underdog and Iwan Kutalaba the favorite? <laughs> Here's the thing with Ion Kutalaba. Okay. To me, I see Ion Kutalaba and I see like an old, you know, 1980s football movie where he's this good looking dude in a Letterman mm. jacket. Mm. He's dumb as rocks, mm. but mm-hmm. he's athletic as hell. Mm-hmm. That is Ion Kutalaba in a nutshell. He is explosive. He is strong. He is powerful, but he has zero fight IQ. Mm. He is a round one fighter, all or nothing. What's that going to look like, though, when he's coming in with a two-fight loss skid? Maybe a possible. I don't think so because he is marketable. A little pink slip there on the locker. I wish Eon would utilize his power, his explosion, to set up something on the ground, but he doesn't have the jiu-jitsu. Devin's last three Three of his last four losses have come via sub. That's why I say that. I like that. But I just Devin, dude, he's in, he's undersized for the division. Um, I think Ian Kuzlov is going to come in bigger. He's hungry. He is a psychopath. I mean, where do we go here? Do we take Eon in the first round? We take Devin in the second and the third or decision? I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I'm. I mean, how often do we go with Kutalaba? I feel like we go with him fairly, fairly often. And my thing with him is, is I understand the point right where you say that he doesn't have a high fight IQ. Okay, I get that, right? Um, but I don't know, man. I feel like if we're talking about the spidey sense here, I feel like Kutalaba is going to knock out Devin Clark. I don't know. I don't know how he's going to get done. I have no idea why I believe that that's going to be the case, but I feel like he's going to knock him out. And again, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, there isn't really any rhyme or reason or science behind it. When you have a gut feeling and then you fade yourself in the last minute, I just have this weird feeling that this is a fight that I look at it and I go, Devin Clark should be able to wrestle Iwan Kuti. He should be able to survive the first round and he should wrestle him to death in rounds two and three right. and eventually probably get a late stoppage or, get a dominant 29, 28 out of him, maybe even a 30, 27, if he can avoid the bigger strikes. Yeah. I, I, that is 100% how I see this playing out in my mind is that he survives the early storm. He wrestles him to death in rounds two and three, and he gets it done some, somewhere, somehow, right. Devin Clark gets the W at some point in time. But the fade yourself piece, right? The thing that says you shouldn't be so confident in that is that Iwan Kutalaba hits like a truck mm-hmm. and that he's so wild and that he's so unpredictable. And he's the type of guy to throw unorthodox knees and elbows and throw everything hard, no matter what the position is. He can catch a guy like Devin Clark, who I, I disagree. I don't believe he's too small for the division. I believe that he is not built to withstand power. We talk about body composition a lot. Devin Clark, very wide in the shoulders, the body, the caboose, the legs. However, narrow neck, narrow jaw, wobbly head up top. Not good for taking shots. Not particularly great for getting punched in the face. 
If you look at a guy like Iwan Kutalaba on the other hand, on the other hand, big round basketball head, right? Traps that connect to the bottom of his ears. Uh, you got to hit him like Magomed Ankalaev hit him to knock him out, right? I don't see that when I see Devin Clark. I see super long neck with little tiny head on top of it. If Iwan Kutalaba can hit him, he's going to put him to sleep. He's going to put him to sleep. And if he gets you hurt, he's a great white shark, man. He, it's There is no stopping him. He's like a, a, a Husamar Paul Harris, but with striking, if he can get you hurt, there's just there's no stopping him. Every fiber of my being says take five, De- Devin Clark in the latter half of the round. The little voice in my head says Iwan Kutalaba by knockout. Yeah, the, I, I want to say this here because I feel like it's going to be a spot where we're going to record it and post it. I feel like it. Who who was it that Jeremy Stevens pushed at the weigh-ins and the fight got scrapped? Jakar Close. Jakar Close. I have a weird Spidey Sense feeling, speaking of Spidey Senses, that Ian Kutalaba, you know how he does that thing where he walks up, mean mugs, and then goes, yeah, yeah, right in the guy's face? He's going to end up touching. He's going to end up like splitting some dude's you know, eyebrow mm. open. The fight's going to get scrapped. I see that. It's too close, dude. It's too close for comfort. I don't like it. I think now they know. At this point, it's known, right? Okay. Like We know that this is the way that Iwan Kutalaba is. I feel like the moment he starts approaching Devin Clark, not only does Devin Clark not want him close to him, the, the UFC will take necessary measures. Like it's 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 known. They, they they did something very similar for the Magomed Ankalaev rematch, where they wouldn't let him get close to him at all. Right. Like they 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 as soon as he got off the scale and started walking, it was like six people and everything else. They were like, no, we're not doing this. We're just not even playing around with it. So, all right, <coughs> man. All right, main event of the evening, and then we'll bust through some prelims. Main event of the evening, Anthony Smith, Lionheart himself, uh, 35 and 16, Trey, taking on Ryan Span at 19 and 6. Boy, oh boy, let me tell you about these. The, Anthony Smith, minus 170, Ryan Span, plus 145. Over on rounds is at two and a half. This is a five round fight. Keep in mind, this is the main event of the evening, and we've got it at two and a half. Um, I think I went first for the Ewan fight. So go for it, man. Mine's going to be really succinct here. Um, okay. I think I, I love Anthony Smith. I mm-hmm. do. I think he's extremely well-rounded. I've always thought for 205, though, he's he's way too small. Mm. Uh, there was a reason that he had cut down to 185 for previous fights in his career. Um, it was probably a tough cut. But Ryan Spann's a guy who's big for 205. I think the thing he's got to you got to worry about with Superman here is rounds one and two. He's a mm-hmm. guy that explodes forward, puts a ton of energy into his shots, but doesn't have a very good cardio tank. Anthony Smith's style, it does really well in what would be round three, four, and five. I see him obviously being the better jiu-jitsu artist. I see him being a little bit more well-rounded actually on the feet. I am worried about those early onset shots from Ryan Spann. Those could be bad, especially from a guy who has had, what, 70 pro fights, who's dealt with the freaking Glover to share teeth falling out shit. He's taken way too much damage. You never know when the clock says enough's enough. And I'm worried about rounds one and two. I'm going to take Anthony Smith here, money line, because I do believe that in the holistic, you know, total of the fight, Anthony Smith's going to get it done. But those first two rounds, should I sprinkle just a little bit on Ryan Span by by KO? I think if you want to take Ryan Span and you're going to do round props, small on round round one, small on round two, right? Because you're going to get him at at, at insane plus, not insane. You'll probably get it at 
plus six and plus eight, maybe plus six and plus seven. If you look at who Anthony Smith has lost to, he's only lost to the elite, to be honest with you, outside of the Cesar Ferrer and loss. Um, lost to Tiago Santos, lost to John Jones, lost to Clover Teixeira, lost to Alexander Rockic. That's not that he's beating everybody that they put in front of him. No matter what you think of him as a fighter, as a as a tactician, as a as a human being, whatever the case may be, right? Um, he is very well equipped in the ways of combat. Um, no matter the size, whether he's undersized or not, he can get it done. Um, he will be about the same size as Ryan Spann come fight night, right? Six four, six five, respectively. Um, they land about at the same clip. Uh, they average like their takedown accuracy is about the same. The only difference is, and this is this may come as a surprise to you, is that Ryan Spann's more accurate with his takedowns than Anthony Smith is, and has an actual he actually attempts a higher rate of submission than Anthony Smith does. Anthony Smith, if I'm going to knock him or critique anything, right? If I can armchair quarterback an Anthony Smith fight, it's this. He's a slow starter. He's a guy that has to get into a fight. He has to work his way into the conflict before he starts turning it on. And if you can get him out of his rhythm, if you can make him doubt himself, if you can inflict more damage on him before he can get revved up and get the engine going, he checks out. He'll check out. Um, I think that... I think that Anthony Smith can win this fight. If Ryan Spann does win this fight, it's inside of two rounds. You're dead. I think you're dead on the money there. Um, that's really the only chance for Ryan Spann to win this fight is inside of two rounds. Anthony Smith can win it on the first round or the fifth round decision. I, I don't. I don't know how. Um, minus one seventy. I'm looking at Anthony Smith as a nightcap parlay piece. I'll probably throw him on a three legger. Um, and then give myself the opportunity to hedge by betting on Ryan Spann at significant plus money so I can I can cover my loss if need be. So that's the way I'm going to approach this main event. Um, I'm going to throw Anthony Smith on a parlay, probably, like I said, a three or four leg, have him be the last fight of the – obviously he'll be the last fight of it, um, and then I'll hedge on Ryan Spann if need be. That's my approach going into this. I like it. Is, is Spann – is his nickname for sure Superman, right? I believe so, yeah. I think it's yeah. super, super, Superman. I think it's one of the two. Superman, yeah. Superman span. That's good. That's yeah, it's a bold take. I mean, I mean, he's got the Superman on his chest. Not the most original tattoo, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> All right, uh, we're at forty-two minutes, Trey. Yes. Um, we're gonna knock out these prelims. We're gonna do it quickly. Yeah. Um, let me let me let me throw you for a curveball here. Okay. What is your most confident bet on the main card. Mm. Gun to your head right now. What would be your most confident bet? Doesn't matter the line, nothing. I just want to. Th- I I like seeing you squirm. We don't normally do this. Anybody that's listening to our show knows that I never do this. I just want to see you squirm for a minute. What is your most confident bet on the main card? Manny Bone. Really? Yes. More so than a minus eight fifty Armand Sarukian. You swayed me, sir. Uh, That's what you want that. to hear. I'm good. I'm good. At that. All right. I'm, I'm going to throw you for a curveball then, dude. Yeah, throw throw your balls at me. Game. All right. NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? Backstreet Boys, 100%. Okay. It's not That's even close. It's not, it's, e- not. it's not even close. You look at the body of work, it's unbelievable. It's Backstreet Boys, straight bangers. Yeah. Bangers. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Totally agree. And they yeah. stayed together. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. They didn't get, they didn't get too big for their britches. Yeah. 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 Okay. They literally made everything from like pop hits to like get your, get your freak on music and everything yeah. in between. Whereas NSYNC had nothing to do with that. Although I will say this, I will say this, um, NSYNC that here we go song. How does that one go? Um, uh, clap your hands to the beat. We got everything uh, you need. Yeah, here we yeah. go now. Yes, yes, here we go. NSYNC has got the flow. That That's a good song. That's a good, a good song. song. It's a good song, man. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's better than Dirty Pop. That thing fucking sucked. Dirty Pop is not a good song at all. Yeah, you're <laughs> absolutely right. All right, let's see here. Just like that, you brought down the alpha level of the show, significant <laughs> levels. So thank you for that. Your ability to do that is just staggering. All right, speaking of alphas, uh, Emily Whitmire taking on Hannah Goldie. Uh, Hannah Goldie at five and two. Emily Whitmire at four and four. We have a bit of an issue here, Trey. We have mm. a bit of an issue. Um, those of you who are aware, we have a um, we got something going on here, and I, I don't really know how to address this. Um, mm. Hannah Goldie is under the punchless curse. Yes. And she's a minus one thirty favor, or I'm sorry, a plus one ten underdog Ooh. against Emily Whitmire, who's at a minus one thirty. And women's underdogs, Trey, as we've determined, right. are science. Right. So I need to know what do we do here? Because the punchless curse is undefeated. If you stand us up on the show, you never win a fight. Right. And she has not won since she stood us up. Two fights ago, Hannah Goldie undefeated stands us up back to back losses. We've been really fortunate too because even in her last fight, she came in as a pick'em um, and we were able to fade her. There was no, there was no reason right for us to have to deal with such uh, shit like this. This plus one ten money I see here. Mm -hmm. um, here's the thing: we talk about this all the time. She's a muscle babe. Um, mm -hmm. She's she's got these muscles for days. It's intimidating, but she doesn't use it. She doesn't mm -hmm. use it. And it's it's the most frustrating thing on the planet. I don't want on our show just because it, what do you what's the point of having all that muscle and not use it? She's got a great front kick. She works from distance. Muscle babes like that need to be clinch heavy. She trains with Jillian Robertson. Jillian, fucking get her to wrestle. Get her to do something. Now, Emily, she's a good wrestler, um, mm. but she's not good enough to deal with a mammoth of a woman that is Hannah Goldie. I don't mm. think if Hannah Goldie can actually wrestle, her hands have gotten a little bit better, but there's no pop in it. Emily was supposed to fight Corey uh, McKenna in this, in this spot. And I was actually all over Corey McKenna. I love me some Corey Poppins, some team alpha male. You know, she is very green, but I liked her in that spot. So this is weird. We've got Hannah Goldie under the punchless curse at plus money. We've got Emily Whitmire. Who's just like eh, kind of a fighter. I just, until I see Hannah Goldie implement a wrestle heavy attack, I just, I just don't think she's that good. Well, here's the flip side of this, right? And this is the, this is the dun 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 moment. And this is the, the unmasking. I would have got away with it if you weren't for, for you, you meddling kids is that Emily Whitmire is by default under the punchless curse. What? Emily Whitmire was dating Johnny Case when we had Johnny Case on the show. And remember, right. we sent Johnny shirts right. for him and Emily. To the wrong address. 
No, we sent them to the right address. They just got stolen. Uh, um, but here's the thing is that he was going to have Emily come on the show prior to her fight with. Hold on. Stand by. Alexandra Albu. But they broke up and she didn't come on the show. As such, right. she's lost her last two fights. Jeez, dude. So what do we do here? We have two women cursed by the show. Now, if we're rating curses, I feel like Hannah Goldie's more under the curse than Emily Whitmire is. Right. There was extenuating circumstances that kept Emily from coming on the show. But I think, I don't know, man. I don't know what to do here. I don't know what to do. I, I think I think we make this, listen, I think we make this the people's main event. Okay. Or if it's not the people's main event, we put it out on a poll and we see what the people think. I'm taking Whitmire. You're going to take a four and four fighter. You're going to take a 500 fighter over Hannah Goldie. Yeah. You believe in the curse that much or you believe in Hannah Goldie that much? Or Emily Whitmire that much? The curse. You believe in the curse that much. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a horrible I'll get on board curse. With I'll get Dude, on board with that. Think about this. Who is the fighter that bailed on us that um, ended up getting in a car wreck because of the curse? Oh, that was Frank Camacho. Yeah. Dude. Well, here's the thing is apparently Dober released him from the curse and Frank was in a car wreck instead of losing the fight. Remember? Because we had Dober come on the show and Dober and Frank are friends. And he was like, I'll release him from the curse. I'll do it. And then Frank gets into a car wreck the next day. Dude, I'm telling you, that's why I don't touch anything in relation to the curse. I'm taking Emily Whitmire. I don't like it, but I also don't want to piss off the gods. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. All right, so we're gonna take we're gonna take a 500 fighter. I just want to make sure that I have, I have this completely clear. We're going to take a 500 fighter. Yeah. That happens to be a women's favorite. Yeah. Right now. Because we're scared of the curse. Yeah, dude, I'm terrified. Fair enough. All right, just want to make sure we've got it all out there. Hannah, we, shit, dude. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna send her another message and see if she wants to, if she wants to break the curse real quick. All right, Gustavo Lopez at 12 and six, taking on. I, I'm not gonna say this right, and admittedly, I should have, I should have practiced it. I'm just gonna go with Alatang because yeah. I'm not gonna go with That's the first right. name. So we're just gonna go Alatang at 14 and eight, yeah. Gustavo Lopez at 12 and six here. Trey, Alatang at a minus 133, Gustavo Lopez at a plus 113 over on our rounds. It's two and a half. This has my potential for fight of the night. Oh, this really? will be a this will be a banger of a scrap. I, this will be a banger of a scrap. Not quite the curtain jerker, but you will want to watch this fight. It will set the tone for the rest of the night. This will be a banger of a fight. And I like Alatang, and I can get him at plus, minus one thirty three. I think Gustavo Lopez comes on stronger in the latter half of the fight. I think Alatang is the stronger in the beginning of the fight. I think this has split decision written all over it or 29-28 where somebody's feeling pretty salty about it. End of the fight, both fighters have their hands up, eyes swollen, blood limping, whatever the whole whatever the case may be. Banger of a fight. I'm taking Alatang at a minus 133. Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. Gustavo Lopez is a guy is pretty much kill or be killed. He mm -hmm. will trade. He's got good jiu-jitsu. Alatang, though, I think he's going to come in the crisper person. He's going to have mm. the more technical striking. What mm. I like about Alatang, though, he's fighting at fight ready or fighting out of fight ready. Mm -hmm. We know about fight ready. That's freaking wrestler 101 there. Yep. So I like him to mix it up. <laughs> he's coming in with a good cardio tank. But to your point, this is going to go the distance, and it's going to be bloody. 
Yeah. Um, I'm going to take Alex Hang too, just because I think he'll get the better of the exchanges, the more crisp. But, dude, if you don't think Gustavo Lopez is going to be thrown with ill intent, my God. Here's what I love about Gustavo Lopez. We'll talk about bodies for a second. Gustavo Lopez has big guy body who lost the big guy, right? Like if you look at Gustavo Lopez, he looks and is built like a dude that was probably at one point in time very heavy, especially for his size. No, he doesn't have the wrinkles. He just – his frame looks like he used to carry around 80 more pounds than he currently has. Like if you you look at Gustavo Lopez – Right, and you, you go, all right, man, you're five foot five and you're fighting at 135 pounds. I guarantee you at one point in time in Gustavo Lopez's life, he weighed 175, 180 pounds. He carried around 50 more pounds. He's just that big. He's big boned. He's yeah. he, he's literally, um, if you dig up a skeleton 50 years from now, people are going to look at him and go, how big was this guy? He looks short, but his bones are thick as shit. That's Gustavo Lopez. I love it. All right, man. Impa Kasangane taking on Carlston Harris. Carlston Harris at 16 and 4. Impa Kasangane at 9 and 1 here, Trey. Boy, boy, oh boy. Uh, you've got a little bit of a history with Carlston Harris. He's at a plus 100 here against your boy, Impa Kasangane. You have history with both of these guys. One of your most confident plays I've ever heard you utter, yeah. the conviction in yeah. which you said this. Take Carlston Harris. By submission against Christian Aguilera, he is going to choke him unconscious. And if we edit our show, this will be the point where we did a bloop and we bring up the other the 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 clip of you saying that. What do you do? He goes out there, he throws Christian Aguilera in an anaconda choke and chokes him unconscious. Yeah, you, you called it. It was beautiful. You were convicted. Do you share that same conviction now against Impa Kasangane? It's weird that line I feel like was eerily similar to you can get mm. Carlson Harris at like that plus 100. Mm. Going into this, Dale, I told myself, I said, Trey, you hit it once. You can't hit lightning the ball twice. Or can you? I said, mm. fuck the lightning. I'm bringing the thunder, dude. I'm taking Carlson Harris by sub again. You're going to take him again. Dude. You're going you're gonna to rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeating, dude. I, I, Impa, he looks strong. He looks like a freaking stallion out there. He's never KO'd anyone. He doesn't mm. have, I don't think, KO power. Yes, mm. he got us up <laughs> his last fight out there, but he is someone that can end up on the ground. And I think that Carlston he has that top heavy pressure and slick submissions. I just don't think Impa, I don't think he's he, he knows what he's doing to that sophistication on the ground. I'm taking Carlston Harris by sub once more. You're absolutely right, Impa, for despite the fact that he has an absolute um video game like physique the last time he stopped anybody uh from strikes he was an amateur mm-hmm. no professional knockouts uh there there's something to that i i i had to fact check you there because i wasn't entirely sure about that but you're absolutely right carlston harris by sub is your play yet again yeah because i think impa's strong enough unless he gets a freaking walking butt like buckley to the face to withstand what's going on on the feet. Let's see what the cardio looks like. Let's see what he looks like on the ground. But Carlston Harris is leaps and bounds better on the ground. Okay. Let, let me ask you this because you're a big hair guy, right? Like I, I think yeah. we've had more than a couple comments about how much you probably pay for your haircuts and stuff like that. You're a big hair guy. Yeah. I just mentioned rinse and repeat. Do you do that? Like Because the shampoo bottle says rinse and repeat as as necessary, as needed, as, as you see fit, as desired. Are you a rinse and repeat guy? Have you ever rinsed and repeated? 
Well, actually, Dale, I've had the same shampoo since I was five years old. I believe in it. I think it's the secret to having um, just feathered and lethal hair. Can I, can I guess is, what it is? Yes. Is it pert plus? No. No, it's not pert. Okay, hang on. Uh, you struck me as a pert plus guy. I'm not even sure mm. what that is. The, the green bottle smells like heaven. No. You don't know. You don't know what pert p e r t. No. No. Five. So is it Mr. Bubbles? No, but it's funny. I do love Mr. Bubbles. He's pretty. He's pretty cool. Do you use baby magic in your hair? I don't know what that is either. You have children. You've never used baby magic. No. What? I've never even heard of that. Is that like a baby powder you put in their hair for like lice or some shit? No, dude. It's it's essentially like an all-in-one elixir. It's like lotion and shampoo and it's literally – baby magic is literally everything. Mm. It's Mm-mm. a giant pink bottle. It's got little – Producer Jake, can you pull a picture of, pink, uh, of baby magic for us, please? Um, <laughs> no. Producer Jake's smoking darts. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Um Okay. Anyway, so so you don't use Pert Plus. You're not an Irish Spring guy. I am uh, Irish Spring soap. I love Irish Spring soap. But I'll give you the tagline. Yeah, go ahead. No tears, all shine. No tears, all shine. Yeah. Sounds like some California stuff. What is this? It's called L'Oreal for kids. L'Oreal for kids. It, oh, yeah. it's it's got the weird shaped bottle with the little yep. thing on it. It looks like yep. a like a fish kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, I know what yeah. you're talking about. So I you use. still use the L'Oreal for kids shampoo? Yes. And because it's no tears all shine, do you go like just hot? I mean, you're just all over your shit with it? Oh, absolutely. I have a total fear of getting soap in my eye. It sounds like the most painful thing on the planet. Oh, yeah. I don't like it either. It's not my favorite. Yeah. L'Oreal right. for kids, huh? Okay. Do you get any scent or you just keep it natural? Watermelon. Water. So, again, because you and I have never met in person, <laughs> if I were to smell your head right now, it would smell like watermelon? Oh my gosh, dude. You'd think it's 4th of July. It's insane. Is that how you got your wife? You smell like watermelon? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. Has anybody in, in your life like confronted you as an adult and been like, hey, you use watermelon shampoo. What's going on with that? No, I will say in jiu-jitsu though, like people like to hang out in kind of like side control and just go, you know, just mm-hmm. a quick whiff, just a yeah. quick whiff. And I, you know, I, I kind of like, at first I thought I was weird, but I get it, dude. I get it. Right. I get it. Yeah, speaking of sniffing things you shouldn't, and I'm not talking about Joe Biden. If you, a, a guy that listens to our show, um, uh, shout out to to Mark. Uh, Mark and I went to a bar a couple years ago, and it was around this time, and it was when like the seasonal beers were coming out, and yeah. they had blueberry beer, and oh, yeah. yeah, so like we're sitting at the bar, and this this lady like he orders a blueberry beer, and it's on draft, and she goes over and she fills it up, and as she's bringing it over. Now this is pre-COVID, right? But still, as she's bringing it over, she puts his glass tray. I mean, it's here, and she goes, yeah. "That does smell like blueberries," and hands it to him. What did he do? He drank the beer. Savage. But I was like, "That's a bold move. It's a real bold move, especially right in front of us." It's one thing, like if you if you got your back to the customer and you're kind of like, you know. Right. But she was like, as she's bringing it to us. See, that's, that's mm. pre-COVID stuff, dude. You can't yeah. do that anymore. This is 2021. I'm going to tell you right now, in 1998, you put your, the tip of your nose in my beer, and I'm punching you in the face. Um, <laughs> I don't care if COVID or not. All right, Aaron Blanchfield taking on Sarah Alpar. Sarah Alpar at 9 and 5. 
Aaron Blanchfield at six and one. Alpard at plus two seventy. Aaron Blanchfield minus three forty. Another massive favorite here. I know that we normally play women's underdogs. Trey, we can't play Sarah Alpar here. We can't. Oh, okay, cool. I was never going to. Okay, okay, we can't. She's no. just she's not good. No, she's not. Oh. She's not good. Uh, I don't necessarily know how good Aaron Blanchfield is. I'm not sure what her ceiling is yet. It's it, to be determined. You know, a little TBD action on Aaron Blanchfield. Uh, but Sarah Alpar, I'm pretty sure I know exactly how good she is, and it is not good. Um, so I'm going to go ahead, even though Aaron Blanchfield, I believe, is going to be the smaller fighter come fight time. I think she gets it done. I think she gets it done. She has a win over Victoria Leonardo, a win over Brogan Walker Sanchez. Victoria Leonardo is large. It's a big chick. It's a big chick. Um, if you look at Sarah Alpar, again, if we're talking about people's body, Sarah Alpar, body of a performer, big person that got in shape, um, you know, lost to Jessica Rose Clark. If you remember the beating that Jessica Rose Clark put on her, hey. and I'm sure you do, because I'm sure you've watched that, that Jessica Rose Clark <laughs> fight several times. Yeah. That's the type of beating that you just don't come back from and you're the same fighter. You just don't come back from an ass whipping like that and come back as the same fighter. You just don't do it. It takes a piece of you away. Well, and especially her her kind of meat and potatoes, where her comfort lies is in wrestling. And Blanchfield's going to come in as a better wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, she is coming in on a three-fight win streak. But, you know, um, that stopped at the hands of Tracy Cortez. Tracy Cortez, I believe, is of legitimate competition. So she's mm-hmm. fought someone there. Um, I just – it's always hard for me to fade – former LFA fighters and being that she was a bantamweight holder in LFA makes me think, oh, okay, maybe I could see that line getting a little bit closer, but I just don't see her getting it done. I think Blanchfield's going to be a better wrestler. Sarah's got atrocious striking. I think Aaron's going to pick her apart. All right. These next few, we're going to go fast. All right. Montel Jackson versus JP buys Montel Jackson at 10 and two JP buys at nine and three. Montel Jackson at a minus 650. JP buys at a plus 475. My most confident outcome of the night, I will not play him at a minus 650. There's no value to me. Um, well, maybe I'll throw him in the parlay, that three or four fighter that we talked about with Anthony Smith. Maybe I'll throw Montel on there. Montel over JP buys. My most confident just money line selection of the night is Montel Jackson beating JP buys. JP Bai's wife is better at fighting than he is. And I believe that this is going to be the last fight you will see him in the UFC. His wife mm. will stay. He will not. He fights with hesitancy. I don't like <coughs> it. Um, you know, we see that in the in the takedowns against Jacob Silva. He literally like he was like nervous to move forward. I think that Montel is gonna be, I mean, he is. He's gonna have an eight and a half inch reach advantage. He's gonna be five inches taller. He's had a full camp. JP Bai's is coming in on this with one month's notice. This is a joke. Yeah. Over under on times they mentioned the size of Montel Jackson's hands. Go. Oh my God. Uh set it set it at six. I don't, I don't think it's be six, but I think I think we'll go with three. If he can get risk control, they'll they will it will hit six if he can get risk control. If he doesn't grab risk control, then it'll it'll be at least three. Right. At least three. All right. Yeah. Uh Nicholas Mata taking on Cameron Van Camp. Van Camp at 15 and 5. Nicholas Mata at 12 and 3. Mata's sitting around the minus 300. Van Camp at a plus 240 range. What do you th- I'm gonna be honest with you, Trey? I don't know much about either one of these guys, and I did not have a ton of time this week to lo- watch a lot of tape, if I'm not mistaken. Uh contender series, right? I believe I see I saw 
Mata get a win on Contender Series? Am I thinking of the right guy here? You you are, yeah. Okay. So Dana White Contender Series guy. He was supposed to fight this spot against your guy, Jim Miller, but Jim Miller got the dang COVID. Got that Rona, yeah. Got that Rona. Van Camp is actually interesting. He's been a twice like short notice fill in. He was supposed to uh, fill in for Patty Pimblett when Patty Pimblett was having visa issues. Mm-hmm. Patty Pimblett ends up coming in, fighting. So here's Van Camp taking what is a quote unquote short notice fight against Mata. This is wild versus conservative. Mata is going to have the technical boxing. He's going to be a little bit more calm versus Van Camp's going to come in and wing shots. He's, he's picked up victories specifically on that winging shots and then catching uh, the opponent off guard and snatching a neck or something like that. He doesn't have great jujitsu, but when these shots catch these guys off guard, he's able to capitalize. So I like Mata. I think he's going to be the more technical, more calm um, and more put together fighter. I think Van Camp's had his moment in the sun with his wild unorthodox striking, but it's going to come to an end here. If I look at Van Camp, I see he's got 15 wins, nine of which have come via submission. I'm taking Van Camp by submission. Oh. <laughs> Look at the quality, the which he got that. Don't care. All right, Zhu Rong taking on Brandon Jenkins. And that fight's still on the card, right? Uh, Zhu Rong fighting Dakota Bush. Dakota Bush stepped in? Yeah. Okay. All right, I thought Dakota Bush was out. That's what I That's what I had it at. Okay, that's fine. Um, what, do, what do we got? Producer Jake, line-wise, anything for either one of that? Brandon Jenkins wrongs. Oh, he's got he's got Brandon Jenkins, not Dakota Bush. I don't know anything about Brandon Jenkins. I know about Wrong Zoo, and I know about Dakota Bush. Do you know anything about Brandon Jenkins? I know nothing about Brandon Jenkins. Um, yeah, I th- yeah. yeah, I'm I'm, I'm gonna but go. Ahead. I'm gonna take him. You're gonna take him over Wrong Zoo. I don't think he's Zhang Zhu's that good. First off, the dude's like 21 years old. Chinese prospects have been a freaking atrocious. Oh, I um, do know this guy. I know him. I know Brandon Jenkins. Tell me about Brandon Jenkins, dude. He beat uh he beat a guy with a with a knee in PFL, that, that flying knee that they show over and over again. Ooh. He like he oh my gosh. If you watch any PFL, it's like one of the few, you know, because they, they, they get some finishes, but not a lot. It's one of the highlights that they show all the time. Uh, um someone got the vid. Fuck. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh man, what was the guy's name that he beat? Uh da, 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 let me look it up real quick. Jacob Kilborn. Kilburn, he beat with a flying knee. Eric in the uh, chat says Jenkins was on Dana White Contender Series this season. Hmm. Oh, was he? Hmm. So. Who did he, who did he fight? I don't know. I didn't even know he was on there. Very yeah, I didn't see him. I didn't see it. It's not on his list. Jenkins was on. Uh, Bush pulled out. Bush pulled out. Here's here. The only thing I'm gonna say about this is with Dakota Bush, right? Is that um, nickname for all intents and purposes is Harry, and Bruce Buffer refuses to say Dakota Harry Bush, and that makes me upset. Oh, he like he knowingly skips over it. He skipped over it, but when when Dakota Bush made his debut, he he did not say Harry Bush. That's such a disappointment. Yeah. You know what? Real quick though, how amazing was it? Uh, freaking Bruce Buffer introducing the Las Vegas Raiders to start that home game. Like yeah. that was that's like at first I thought he was one dimensional, but then when I saw that, I was like, dude, you can go to any sport and you still you know get my balls all tingly. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, you interrupted me. What I was going to say, speaking of Bush, we got Panny Kianzad taking on Raquel Pennington. <laughs> Raquel Pennington at 11 and 8, Panny Kianzad at 15 and 5. Panny Kianzad is coming off a win trade that I did not think that she deserved. Um, mm. I believe, my opinion, I believe that Alexis Davis beat her. Um, mm. if you're looking at Panny, she's got a win, uh, 
She's got a four-fight streak going. Wins over Alexis Davis, Sajara Eubanks, Betch Cahaya, and Jessica Rose Clark, your girl. Her last loss came to the hands of Julia Avia. And she's taken on Raquel Pennington. Raquel Pennington, first-team all-bad body. Um, Mer- coming off a win over Marion Renault, but losses prior to that to Holly Holm. GDR and Amanda Nunez with the lone win in that time period, a split decision over Irene Aldana. Uh, she has gotten nothing but elite level competition. Panny Kianzad is not that. Mm-hmm. Raquel Pennington should win this fight, although I understand yet again, I'm picking against a women's underdog. I know, but you're picking against um, Raquel, who is partners with another muscle babe and Tisha Torres, who's looked mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic as of recently. I think they're on the rocks, man. Their whole their whole little Instagram setup is is pretty weird. It doesn't seem like they're living together. It kind of no, seems they, like they, they moved they moved they moved out to Denver. They're both with Team Out uh, Team Elevation now. I think that's incorrect. That's not incorrect. They both are with Team Elevation right now. They're both getting in rounds with Rose. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Penny's Penny's freaking. She's so. She's a work from distance, volume, no pop. Raquel's going to do what she does best. She's going to plod forward, muscle you up into the cage, and get the better of all exchanges in this. Absolutely. I just think, I mean, I I look at who she lost to, right? I mean, Leslie Smith, not good, so I I, I can't do much there. But Kat Zingano, Jessica Andrade, Holly Holm twice, Amanda Nunez, GDR. I mean, she only loses to, like, the upper echelon. Um, so maybe if Panty pulls out the win, we can just go ahead and move her up to the upper echelon of women's fighters, man. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I do not like Ian's odd at all, man. I think Alexis Davis won that fight, and I think Karma's going to catch up with her, and she's going to get beat by Raquel Pennington. Mm-hmm. The universe, the MMA universe writes itself. We're due for a market correction in more ways than one. <laughs> to all the right, moon. Well, to the moon. All right, last fight of the night that we're going to break down the featured prelim. Slow Mike Rodriguez at eleven and six, taking on Tefan and Jekwe. And uh, at five and one. Rodriguez at eleven and six. I don't know what you do here, man. And Jekwe is at a minus one seventeen. Rodriguez at a minus one hundred three. Probably closer to a pick'em if we're just being honest. Over on our rounds at one and a half. I normally, in a situation such as this, take the over, but. I feel inclined to take the under here. And to be honest, I will probably avoid this fight in its entirety because I cannot make heads or tails of either one of these guys. I This is a under for sure. Um, mm. Mike Rodriguez has a 41% takedown defense. Okay. Um, that should tell you a lot right there. But Njekwe has no grappling whatsoever. Uh-huh. When he strikes, he opens up his chest, so he's easily hittable. Mike Rodriguez, I don't believe it has a lot of pop in his punches, so I don't mm. think he's going to be able to take down what is a physical specimen in Njekwe. I, dude, I'm I am staying away from this fight. If you play under, I don't know, I'm over it. He's four, he's going to be four or five inches taller. They're very generous in listing Njekwe at six foot. He's every bit of five ten. Um, it's a very generous six foot. Yeah, I would. Mike Rodriguez is not going to go for a takedown unless he can get an inside trip off of a clinch. He's not going to shoot for a takedown and give up that five to six inches to try to get in on him. Inside trips, clinch trips, things like that are going to be the only way the fight hits the ground. 
from Rodriguez's initiation. And Checkway might be able to do it on his own, but I doubt that as well. The hips should be pretty active for Mike Rodriguez. Um, I know that you like under two and a half. I like not touching this fight at all because I don't know which way it's going to go. Um, I will say this. If you're doing DraftKings, either one of these guys are capable of finishing this fight. So whoever you think is going to win might be something to add to your DraftKings lineup. There you go. Yeah. All right. That's it, man. We ran through this whole thing. 15 fights, and we just crushed them, dude. We got them all done. Hell yeah, dude. What a card. What a card. What a card. What a night. What a fight. What a fight night. All right, guys, if you don't already do so, please follow us on all social media at PunchlessMMA. You can hit us on Twitter, Instagram. If you want to shoot us an email because you're 107, you can do that too. Chat at PunchlessMMA. Best way to support the show is by supporting the show's sponsors. Go to AllegianceClothing.com. Use promo code FIST. You can save 10% on the entire thing. Or you can go to State Classy Meats and use promo code PUNCH. You can save 10% on your entire order, and that includes reoccurring subscriptions. Shout out to producer Jake. He's the man behind the scenes, keeping everything moving along. We appreciate you, producer Jake. It's been a weird Rockies pitter-patter two weeks. Uh, Appreciate everybody being patient with us in that regard. Shout out to Roy at Allegiance. Uh, He's back from his honeymoon, and since he's back from his honeymoon, that means that we are going to get our merchandise rolling finally, uh, and we'll get that knocked out. Uh, And what else am I thinking? Taylor's got a baby on the way, um, and that baby should be here soon. So shout out to... Uh, Taylor and his parents, who are proud supporters of our show as well. We love the Johnson family, um, and we love you, the Punchless Nation, the Punchless Army. We appreciate all you guys do. If you haven't done so, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. Five stars is always preferable. A written review goes even further. If you haven't already done so and you watch the live stream, please give us a thumbs up. Consider about uh, subscribing. If you don't, whether you follow us, whether you fade us, we just want to see you cash slips. Be sure to interact with us on social media, on Fight Night. Trey and I will be manning the ones and twos on Saturday. Trey, what else you got, man? Tell me why. Ain't nothing. Shut up, man. End this thing. Bang, bang. Be good to each other, guys.